Think again, my friend. Episode 11, Civil Servants, contains explicit content. What are you listening to for the next half hour? Think again, my friend. The panel game podcast for the curious American. This episode, Civil Servants. It's Think Again, My Friend, the uh, quiz show podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sugarbaker. Uh, will uh, our panelists introduce themselves, starting to my left? I'm Mark Bergo, and I just came from the land of sun and uh, plastic surgery. I'm Kristen McCurdy, and I cannot not recommend <laughs> enough hitting parked cars. Okay, also Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is enhanced. Uh, <laughs> I'm Brendan Atkins, and I'm a parked car. <laughs> uh, Awkward. <laughs> Our theme uh, this week is civil service. I keep saying this week. God damn it. <laughs> we have a week, you know. Yeah, this, this is happening this week. during the Galactic a Standard Week. week. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna we're gonna honor civil servants because, of course, they are so maligned. Um, kind of constantly. And um, yeah, I think I want to start just by saying uh, real fast, Quango. Polo? <laughs> no, Quango. Nobody? What does it mean? No, or quasi-non-governmental organization. Missing a word. Anyone else got it? No. Quasi. Wow. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> Quasi-autonomous. Non-governmental organization. Oh. It's a term most often used in the UK. But you know, I, I, as soon as I heard it, I was just like, and and it's not the name of a pop band. It's like that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking that it should be a new a new wave band. I was thinking yeah. of a dot com startup. Well, oh. sure. Ooh, that would be good too. But. Yeah. Oh, what was the one that was almost that? There was Quoka. <laughs> well, there. I mean, there would Cloaca? either way. There would be a Quango haircut. And everybody, know, everybody would know what you were talking about. Oh God, he's still got a Quango haircut, and it's 2012. What Maybe that's what that? Brendan's haircut is. It's the oh. Quango haircut. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on you. Uh, the first question, which I'm going to throw to Brendan, in the book "Dealing with an Angry Public" by Lawrence Susskind and Patrick Field of the MIT Harvard Public Disputes Program, subsection Was that all one name. <laughs> subsection: Why we all should be concerned about angry publics. One of the following is not a reason given. Can you name it? A, a continually angry public undermines America's competitiveness in the global sphere. 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 B, a continually angry public erodes confidence in basic American institutions. Or C, a continually angry public becomes less competent at the basic tasks for which we rely on it. What year did this book come out? Uh, I did not record that information. I would say uh, in the last 10 years. Um, One of them is not a reason? One of them is not. Uh, I'm going to say A. Um, That we should be concerned about an angry public because it undermines Americans' competitiveness in the global sphere. That's That's your answer. answer. I'm afraid the answer is C. It is not mentioned that a continually angry public becomes less competent at the basic tasks for which we rely on it. because yeah. we rely on the public for nothing. Uh, well, well, I, I made that one up. It seems <laughs> obvious that if you're angry all the time, you're distracted. But maybe that's not true. 
Maybe if everybody is pissed off maybe all the it time. Wasn't, maybe it wasn't true until uh, there was the internet and news sites with comments sections. <laughs> well, the, the internet is very good at keeping people angry. You know, and it's good at making me angry. I don't know about other people. <laughs> but does it make them angry? Or does it just release the anger that was there all along? Maybe we don't go to the same website. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, no points for Brendan on that one, I'm afraid. But I will throw it to you for the next question. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, mine are kind of a little bit thematic. I found a book in the public domain Yeah. Uh, that contains a great deal of information. Wow, you about... went all the way to the public domain? Yeah. Wow. It came out in like 1880. Um, okay. And it's basically a study guide like you would get for the LSAT today but for all of these civil service exams in in Britain hmm. um, in 1880 there were certain requirements for admission to her majesty's royal military academy at Woolwich uh, which of the following was not a requirement for admission was it a proof that the applicant was between 16 and 18 years of age b a certificate of good moral character c a test of freehand drawing. D. Tests over selected works by Shakespeare, Chaucer, Bacon, Milton, Pope, and Johnson. Or E. A demonstration of physical self-defense. I can go over those again. I'm going to go with E. You're looking for the one that was not required. Not required. I think A. I got to go with E. E. I'm going with E. Uh, you're both correct, and Mike is wrong. Oh. Uh, yeah, this was, in fact, for 16-year-olds, so you did not have to fight anybody to get in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, the 1880s have let me down again. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was an optional test, if you wanted to get some extra points, for written proficiency in Hindustani. Just that? Yeah. Hindustani? Yeah. Which is not a language? <laughs> it was, I, maybe they considered it a dialect? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kristen, what do you got? I have uh, some questions about uh, the Postal Service. Actually, I, I was going to say the U.S. Postal Service, but actually uh, this is about postal services. Okay. Um, the first recorded incidents of a shooting in a post office happened when and where? A, October 10th, 1991 in Wayne, New Jersey. B, December 2nd, 1993, in Anniston, Alabama. C, December 17th, 1926, in Adelaide, Australia. It's got to be Australia. I'm going with A. I'm going to go with B. Points to Burgo. Oh. James Hanavan shot and wounded two employees at Adelaide General Post Office before committing suicide by shooting himself in the head. Adelaide. Yeah. Australians are like Texans, but more so. <laughs> <laughs> now, was this man a Postal Service employee? No. Uh, but the other two dates and places given are actual places and dates of post office shootings. Whether they both involved employees or not, I don't recall from the okay. research. Um, of course, the vast majority of the shootings that happened in the late 80s through the 90s did involve current yeah. or former. Yeah. Now, we should, we should stress here that uh, we by no means want to perpetuate the stereotype that all postal workers are, you know, ready to go off as violent psychotics. It's never been true. Um, oh, and that is an important stereotype. 
even even if we even if it was true, we would absolutely not want to piss off our postal workers <laughs> because then we wouldn't get things. There was I, I, I couldn't make this into a question, but I do want to say that there was a <laughs> 2003 postal employee killing spree uh-huh. by somebody uh, who was probably racially motivated in her killings because she attempted to publish a newspaper called The Racist Times. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she sounds racially motivated in general. Yes. You know, she sounds like that's just kind of part of who she is. It feels unfair to single out her killings as racially motivated <laughs> when everything that she did was racially motivated. From, you know, getting up and brushing her teeth with those white, white bristles. Her name, <laughs> her name was Jennifer San Marco. <laughs> all right, all right, good. In case anybody needs to know that. Good. All right, noted. Yeah. <clears throat> So we've got the racist humor in. Yes. All right. <laughs> Burgo. Well, I don't have uh, individual questions. I only have a series of uh, rapid-fire, true-false questions about everyone's favorite former civil servant, Albert Einstein. Nice, nice. Do are we do we, are we feeling up for for rapid-fire, true or false? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> These will be scored um, two points apiece. Sure. Is that what scoring uh, agreed upon? Okay. I'll just go around in a circle, and uh, each person gets them as they come. All right. Be sure to point. All right. <laughs> It'll help yes, me. Right. It won't do anything for our listeners. It'll Kristen, help me. Einstein worked as a patent clerk in Bonn, Switzerland. True. Yes. Brendan. Uh, sorry. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Einstein once failed basic math as a child. False. Correct. Uh, Michael, Einstein cited only one source in his famous paper on the theory of relativity. Go with true. False. He cited none. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Kristen, Einstein married two of his cousins. True. False. Only one of his two wives was his cousin, although she was his first cousin on his mother's side and his second cousin on his father's side. So, kind of double. Uh, Brendan, uh, Einstein would use his stepdaughter to deliver letters to his mistresses. True. Yes. There's no way you could have made that up. <laughs> and finally, Mike, Einstein almost never wore socks. Uh, true. Yes. I'm going to argue that Kristen should get um, one points credit on that one because, you know, cousin twice over. I feel like that's... Uh, she does mm-hmm. count as two cousins. Yeah. He, he also uh, slept with his cousin's sister. Who, to be fair, I believe what? the quote he described was... Doesn't that make her also his cousin? <laughs> yes. But, the but they question, were married. The question was about marriage, yeah. But when his wife confronted on him, he said, we were young and she was willing. Wow. Wow. That's, I'm going to get a tattoo of that. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it also going to include an image of Einstein? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No like way! Poster where he sticks his tongue out. I would chip in money in toward that tattoo. <laughs> Come back! I have to explain. <laughs> I have some questions. Some more questions. I like questions. I'm smacking a lot. I should stop. The IRS uh, still has an island, quote unquote island, in uh, the massively multiplayer. Um, computer environment second life, <laughs> second life. devoted to recruiting uh, second life uh, was for a time very popular amongst governmental agencies according to the second life wiki which governmental agency had the largest second life presence 
counted by number of separate islands as of May 2009. Was it the United States Armed Forces, B, uh, the NOAA, C, the state of Missouri? I agree with you that that's funny, and I also don't know why. Uh, D, the Alameda County Registrar of Voters, or E, NASA counting the International Space Station? I'm going with the state of Missouri. Okay. I'm trying to think of the the answer to this question that's most conducive to a dong joke. <laughs> I believe that also would be the state of Missouri. Okay. Which yeah, which governmental agency incorporates the most dongs? I think probably the state of Missouri wins. I, I mean, I, know, I don't know. I, I might have to go with the armed forces. <laughs> There might be more raining dongs from above in yeah. the U.S. Uh, Air Force. I'm going to go with the NOAA, NOAA because I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, isn't it the Oceanic? The um, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I'm they, glad we can, can count on you for this. Who sort else of thing would more. know about islands? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the answer, I'm afraid, is NASA. Fucking NASA. Nerds. They had, yeah, they had a very large Second Life presence. Yeah, I was going to say it was definitely not the Army because the Army is a little savvier <laughs> marketing-wise. Yeah. The Army has their own video game. Yeah. <laughs> and all other video games. Ah, <laughs> uh, Brandon, it is your turn. All right, well, I'm going back to my public domain well of knowledge. Um, so back to the uh, Civil Servants Test-Taking Manual from 1880. Yes, from 1880 because I love it so much. There's a list in the book of all these civil service departments to which one must be nominated rather than applying. Which of these did I make up? Was it A, the Lunacy Board of Scotland? There was no other Lunacy Board. B, the Registry of Opium Imports. C, the Queen's Remembrancer's Office. Or D, the Department of the Post Office, Postmasters, Telegraph, Telegraph Learners, and Female Clerks. E, those are all real agencies. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the Lunacy Board of Scotland. Kristen. Scotland has no Lunacy Board. Scotland needs no Lunacy Board. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the Lunacy Board of Scotland, but just because I wanted to say that out loud. I'm afraid it was the Registry of Opium Imports. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that is clearly not real. Were those, all were the others th are real. Oh. Yeah. There was a specific office for... Post office, postmasters, telegraph learners, and female clerks. Yeah, that one seemed too detailed to be to be fake. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but wow. Uh, so opium was already um, was already a, a a problem. I would imagine so. Yes. Okay. There were there were some wars. Well, you know, as as you go further back in the past, all history approaches forever ago. So, <laughs> and the public domain is approaching that point. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Kristen. Yeah? How are you doing? Would you like me to ask a question? That would be cool. How is your foot? Uh, it's fantastic. I mean... No. I mean the other one. I Look, I still have both my feet. The, as, yes. As I've been reminded recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Many of us do not um, yeah, give but, enough thanks for that. But uh, I... Uh, I... I I took some. I made some choices recently that, that nearly jeopardized that status. Whoa. So... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, again, kids, don't hit parked cars with your bike. Yeah. Um, so I do have a question, and my question is, who appeared 
on the first ever postage stamp issued in the U.S. George Washington. Cookie Monster. The Liberty Bell. The answer is Benjamin Franklin. What? Of course. He wasn't even dead. <laughs> Who is also the first U.S. Postmaster General. I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, so, I knew that. Duh, too. right? Except, what the hell? Because, don't you have to be dead to be on a stamp? Um, and that's that was going to be a question, except I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find the answer, actually. Uh, if you Google, do you have to be dead to be, autocomplete's first two suggestions are... Do you have to be dead to be a saint? And do you have to be dead to be on a stamp? Um, the Public Relations Department for the US, United States Postal Service did not respond to an email inquiry about this issue. Mm. Um, so if any of you are ardent philatelists who would like to let us know who the last living person was to appear on a stamp, we'll probably... Send you a tote bag. Send you a tote bag with Absolutely. a picture of a living person on it. And we should apologize to all of our listeners to whom we owe tote bags. We are a little behind. <laughs> um, but yeah, someday we will start. We will uh, we will go to the craft store and buy some foam iron-on letters really soon. Yeah. Also, it's not really that surprising that the postal service doesn't respond to email in a prompt manner. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they might be a little touchy about that whole yeah. subject now that I think about Gotta it. Gotta hit them up on Facebook to get a response. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's the time uh, in our program where we do uh, a game we call This or That, and uh, these will be worth two points each, and I'll, uh, I'll just do a round robin here. And of course, on the theme of civil servants, um, I've got a number of trenchant quotes, and uh, you will be asked to identify whether they come from uh, post office worker and uh, renowned poet and, uh, and novelist Charles Bukowski, or... Uh, employee of the Parks and Recreation Department of Pawnee, Indiana, Ron Swanson. Mm -hmm. Two great civil servants. Uh, we'll start with Virgo going around. Um, the quotes are as follows. Looking at you people, I said, makes me feel like vomiting all over your inept plausibilities. Well, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going with Bukowski. Right. Kristen, I once worked with a guy for three years and never learned his name. Best friend I ever had. That would be Ron Swanson. All right. Uh, Brendan, when people get a little too chummy with me, I like to call them by the wrong name to let them know I don't really care about them. That would be Ron Swanson. And I, the only way I would ever know if it's Bukowski is if I didn't recognize it as a Swanson quote. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, the, the, this really isn't a fair, you know, pop culture wins. <laughs> and sadly, Charles Bukowski never made a commercial for Nike, so... Um, Unlike William Burroughs, they, you know, yes. he should have taken some <laughs> yes. heroin Burgo. from him. Burgo, it's always a good idea to demonstrate to your co-workers that you are capable of withstanding a tremendous amount of pain. Uh, Ron Swanson? Yes. <laughs> so actually all of the questions are Ron Swanson. <laughs> Kristen, <laughs> I'd promise to never eat eggs again, and I'd shave my head and my balls. I'd live in the state of Delaware, and I'd even force myself to sit through any movie acted in by any member of the Fonda family. Bukowski? Yes. <laughs> that was a very you close hated one. Those Fondas. <laughs> Swanson would never give up eggs. All right, Brendan. <laughs> what we have to keep remembering, though, is that 50% of the state lottery is given to the educational system, and that's important when you realize that only one person in nine can properly spell emulously. 
That's got to be Bukowski. Yes, it is. Because I don't think the writers of Parks and Rec can spell emulously either. <laughs> <laughs> but the, they would make a joke about that. They would. They would. Yes. Uh, okay. Did I remember to give everybody the answers when they answered things? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's helpful for scoring. We got them all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> All right, Burgo, it's time for you to ask us a question about something. I actually have no more questions. I blew my load on Einstein's sex life. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the first time. That's that's what should go on that (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. That's the tote bag slogan. (laughs) Uh, Kristen, have you got more? I've got one more. Okay. So the nature of this podcast, trivia... Compels mm-hmm. me to ask one question about actor John Ratzenberger, best known for portraying U.S. Postal Service employee and barroom know-it-all Cliff Clavin on TV's Cheers. Ratzenberger, along with fellow cast member Kelsey Grammer, campaigned for which of the following dedicated civil servants for the office of the U.S. presidency in 2008? A. Ron Paul. B. Dennis Kucinich. C. Barack Obama. Or D. John McCain. Mm. Who would Kelsey Grammer stump for? It's got to be either Paul or Kucinich. Except Kucinich mm. didn't run in 2008, did he? It's got to be McCain. Both did he run in 2008? I don't know. I'm going to say Ron Paul. The answer I'm going to say is, Obama. Uh, uh, you're, you're both wrong. The, the answer is uh, John McCain. Oh, oh Kelsey Grammer, why? Kelsey Grammer is a well-known right-wing Republican. Really? Yeah. A little too urbane and sophisticated for his own good, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like um, it's like all those guys who uh, really liked new wave music in 1986 who thought that all poor people should be exterminated. <laughs> or that was just the one guy in Grand Theft Auto 3. I <laughs> could go either way. Um, well, I've got one question for each of you. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. So you're going to put on the spot. Are they thematically related? Um, yes. All right, they're all about famous civil servants. I think you should do them all right now. Okay, let's start with uh, McCurdy. During World War II, Julia Child served in the Office of Strategic Services. Which of the following is true about her time in that office? A, that she only joined because she was too tall for the Women's Auxiliary Auxiliary Corps. B, she assisted in the development of a military-grade shark repellent. C, she was tasked with secretly carrying documents through occupied France. Or D, that she received an OSS award for her inherent cheerfulness. I'm going to go with A. I'm sorry. She actually was too tall for the Women's Auxiliary Corps. She was uh, not tasked with carrying documents through occupied France. Oh, oh, oh I thought she was. I thought, I thought we were trying to pick the, the one that oh, was I'm true. Sorry, no. Yeah, you said to pick the one that was true. Uh, ah. Yeah, I, I, that was actually a trick question that I forgot was a trick question. Yes, <laughs> A, B, and D were true, so you get it right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brendan, you, uh, I'm going to ask for some points to be deducted from Brendan's <laughs> score because he keeps lying to us about the premises of his questions. Let's see. Is this next? Brendan, one? this Although is an intervention. Is, actually, that's why we got together. There is some delightful gamesmanship in saying, "I'm sorry, your answer was correct." <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, one for Burgo. This one is not a trick question. Okay, I promise. One of the following famous writers was a civil servant by the barest shred of technicality. To appease his father, he obtained an unpaid job at a renowned public library in the summer of 1896. 
He went to considerable effort to obtain sick leave, which he maintained for years until he was considered to have resigned. He never worked a day at this job. Was it A, Oscar Wilde, B, Marcel Proust, C, H.P. Lovecraft, or D, G.K. Chesterton? Go with Lovecraft. Close. It was Proust. Ah. Wow. Yeah. The, the library in question was the Bibliothèque Mazarine in Paris. No. I wouldn't think uh, that Proust was quite... Uh, I would have picked Oscar Wilde. It seems like a very, very cagey uh, thing to do. No, I think Proust was... He was adept at not working. Wow. <laughs> how come nobody's written a book about that? He's written a book about how he was a neuroscientist, which he was not. <laughs> um, yeah. Because he already spent all of that time when he was not working writing a really long book. I'm going to write a book called Proust Was a Civil Servant. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually no pages long. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, last one for you, I feel appropriately, is about Africa's foremost civil servant, Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. Right. Uh, which of the following is true? A, he once paid an Italian modeling agency to round up 200 attractive women so he could deliver a lecture urging them to convert to Islam. B, while staying in Moscow, he resided in a tent on the grounds of the Kremlin. C, he was close friends with Nelson Mandela until the end of his life. Or D, he claimed that H1N1 avian flu was a biological weapon developed by foreign military countries, but said that HIV was a peaceful virus, not an aggressive virus, and that straight people had nothing to fear from it. Uh, I'm picking the one that is true? Yes. Are you lying to me? Yes, they're all true. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, if if uh, if you had convinced me there and not broken, um, I probably would have picked D. Hmm. That's the beauty of Gaddafi was that there is literally nothing you could have told me about him that I wouldn't have believed. Just bought yeah. straight off. Yeah. yeah, but I do want to thank you for uh, setting me up for success. <laughs> All right, um, let's talk for a moment about Aldrich Ames, who of course worked for many years for the CIA has gone down in history as the least glamorous spy ever, given the amount of damage he did and how little money he did it for. <laughs> um, is just staggering. According to an interview with Ames in the George Washington University National Security Archive, which Soviet agency uh, did, uh, did he refer to on the record as nerds? Was it the KGB, the Soviet Telegraph Agency, the Council of People's Commissars, or the Foreign Ministry? No, with the uh, Council of People's Commissars. Yeah, I, I, I see your reasoning, but just to be different, I'm going to say the KGB. Yeah, the KGB are, are nerds. We know mm. this about them. <laughs> how, really, how do we know this? <laughs> I've met several KGB agents. They, they didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you met them at magic tournaments? or Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> Uh, the answer is the foreign ministry, ah. and I don't know why either, because I didn't copy that part. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, what have we learned today? Nothing. Something? I've learned too much about Einstein, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad I don't know him, because I feel like I would be really uncomfortable around I know. him now. Next time you went to a party with him. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, whoa. <laughs> mm. I read your blog and <laughs> was wishing I hadn't. <laughs> what um what what dead civil servant would we most like to show up uncomfortably at our next party? 
Not Bukowski. Not Bukowski. No. Not Bukowski. He would fuck up a party. <laughs> I I kind of want to pick. Um, Kissinger's not dead. Um, but I wish he was. In, so in I'll pick his soul. <laughs> he is dead. In his soul. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Kim Jong Il. Oh. Mm. Oh my. Can we call him a civil servant? <laughs> or is it really more the other way around? Yeah. <laughs> same, same. I'm sure he would have told you that he served the people. Yeah. Yeah, the burden. Much like Gaddafi. The burden. Who is my terrible. pick, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Gaddafi would be arguably fun to party with. Yeah. <laughs> Only if he brings those 300 Italian models. <laughs> right. <laughs> and his I'm, tent. I'm going to go with Benjamin Franklin. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh that is the best possible answer, and now yeah. I'm ashamed. If we had all four of them, though, that would really be no, idea. That would be an amazing party. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a word about scoring. Uh, a, we're going to start doing it. Uh, there's, a number, there's a couple of ways you could interpret that statement, but you know what I mean. And... Um, Basically, the way, the way we're going to uh, the way we're going to do st- scoring is unless otherwise noted, we have basically questions that scale up. The first question of the show being one point, and so on, just up to the number of questions we have. Um, and our dedicated uh, scoring department uh, seems to be indicating that he has scores ready. We do have scores ready. Thank you, Mike. This week's show on the topic of uh, civil servitude. Uh, scores uh, had a wide range, uh, ranging from uh, Brendan with 13 and a half points <laughs> to uh, Mike with 25 and a half points. Mark and Kristen are tied at 20 points. Wait, so I'm confused. <laughs> How does the host end up with the most points? Yeah, did points? I just win the seems, show? Uh... Oh, there, are, there are points awarded for questions asked. How do I not know this? <laughs> are you just going to make up a new scoring thing during the show every time and then surprise me with it? Because I support that. That may well be what's happening. Okay. All right. Well, Mike, uh, you've been confirmed as the hostess with the mostess. Yeah. The hostess with the most hoster hoster with the moster. He is definitely the head the of the hostel office. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A hostmaster, if you will. Yes, hostmaster general. Yeah. I like that one, actually. Next time I'll bring 300 female clerks. Think Again, My Friend is produced by Kristen McCurdy and myself with assistance from uh, Matthew Schuler and Kim Armstrong. And, of course, thank you to our panelists, Mark Burgo, Kristen McCurdy, and Brandon Atkins. And thank you for listening. Our theme contains elements from the album, Waves of Energy, by Synthetics Energy. Our show is copyright 2012. All rights reserved.